0: Hi, this is 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication. I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. A medical educator recently gave me some feedback from her students on a talk I'd given. She said, they thought you had many great points about communicating with patients and like the point you made about cell phones. Now, as a literacy researcher and educator, I've spent the last few years talking with folks about health literacy. My emphasis is on helping providers get the outcomes they want with the work they're already doing. This involves knowing how to be more efficient and effective in communication and education. That's where health literacy comes in as I see it. I thought I'd share here with you what I'd said about cell phones and health literacy that these students found helpful. And I'll end with two things you can do to help your patients regardless of their health literacy levels. Welcome to 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication with Dr. Anne-Marie Liebel. Providing you with tips and strategies you can use to improve your patient engagement. In the patient encounter, you have information that will help the patient do something, be healthier, ideally, right? You hope to communicate it in a convincing way, so it will enter into patients' thoughts and actions toward better health outcomes. Now, there's still more we need to know about how patients engage with language around their health, how they learn to navigate the healthcare system, and how best to support them in these processes. The physicians I've worked with agree that, in the immediacy of the face-to-face patient encounter, they seek to help patients understand and often take action on an important health matter. And again, this is where health literacy comes in. So, first, a few words about literacy. The field of health literacy has addressed patient communication using some concepts and tools from literacy research, mostly related to written materials and to patients' reading levels. Health literacy is about much more than reading, but reading does get the majority of the attention. This may be in part because when we hear literacy, many of us think reading. Literacy is actually much more complex. We all have a range of skills and processes for creating and interpreting the information we encounter each day. And this is very important and, as it turns out, helpful to recognize when it comes to literacy. I'll show you what I mean. And for this, I'm going to go back to a couple points I just made on our most recent episode, Three Communication Tips for Hotspotting Teams. There is literacy all around. We all engage in complex literacy practices every day, regardless of our social class, income, education. Now, unfortunately, lots of talk around health literacy gets us focused on what patients don't read, but I'll invite you to take a moment and think of all of the common, everyday tasks that involve literacy, which your patient might engage in, such as making or using shopping lists, reading, annotating, or reciting sacred texts, Calculating prices, keeping bank accounts, reading recipes, even ordering from a menu, using the internet, hello, reading signs. I'm sharing these and this more robust idea of what literacy is in order to help you appreciate the many ways literacy is connected to everyday life and to health. Et voila, health literacy. Now, in a moment, I'll show you how this can be helpful during the patient encounter, especially when you're trying to communicate information that will motivate an action, and you're unsure of someone's comfort with health literacy. But first, a few words about illiteracy. Now, illiteracy as a term has been used in a threatening and pejorative way for decades. It is still incorrectly used as a proxy for formal education, or a lack thereof. Illiterate can quickly conjure thoughts of someone being unintelligent, backward, or somehow lacking in what's really necessary to live in the modern world. Sometimes our language, or the language and policies we encounter, can get scarily close to implying that people with low literacy lack a kind of logic or even higher thought processes that other people have. This is clearly untrue, but people who are repeatedly told they are illiterate can come to believe such things about themselves. Many studies prove that people who have been labeled illiterate by one measure or another have multiple sophisticated ways of reading a text or an image, keeping track of items, measuring, weighing, estimating, and calculating. They access information in multiple ways. They learn by and from their families, peers, and communities. Patients with literacy difficulties draw on a broad range of strategies and skills when confronted with complex health-related experiences, and I've got links to these studies in the show notes. I mention all this because I'm a fan of yours and of your patients, and I am not a fan of anything that makes you feel further apart from each other. I'm a fan of removing barriers, and sometimes these barriers are hiding in the terms we use. Okay, now here's the bit about cell phones. (laughs) I've often mentioned cell phones when I'm talking about health literacy. This is because they illustrate very well how we all use language every day in complex ways. Smartphones tend to cut across income levels and cultures. Through them, We both consume and produce what, in literacy terms, we call complex, multimodal texts. So that's more than one mode, more than one way of making meaning. Sometimes it's images along with text. Sometimes it's text along with sound or movement. But think about all the things you can do with a cell phone. Text messages are read and written. Images are created and shared. Products and services are located and sometimes purchased. Videos are created and shared. Websites are interacted with. Social media is scanned and updated. From a literacy perspective, smartphones are incredibly demanding in terms of the reading, writing, and numeracy tasks we need to be able to do just to operate them. That's saying nothing of the technical and mechanical aspects. So, what can you do as a provider when you're concerned about getting messages across to your patients and you're unsure of their health literacy? Oh, and you only have a tiny slice of time together? Let's talk about those cell phones. If someone can use a smartphone, they have some level of literacy and numeracy. And there is a good chance that your patient uses a cell phone and that it is probably a smartphone. But more on that in a moment. Ask your patients if they use a cell phone or smartphone, and if so, what they do with it. Relate these actions to what you want them to do or know. For example, next time you get on your phone, check out this video or this website. Here's a link. When you wish to encourage an action, that is, don't start from scratch. Show people that they are already capable of and doing things related to that action. Regardless of whether or not your patient uses a cell phone, it makes sense for you to connect your information and advice to everyday literacy tasks. Consider the most common kinds of information you want to get across. Now, think about which everyday tasks have similar demands and talk to your patients with this in mind. For example, if you can follow a recipe, you can do this. You could consider which everyday literacy tasks would make a decent metaphor or analogy, such as, think of this like keeping track of the cost of the groceries in your basket. Again, the point is, you're attaching your recommendations to the patient's already existing skills. Now, thinking about health literacy in this way requires and rewards more attention to the patient's own social, material, and literacy worlds. As a bonus, your intentional communication can not only increase your effectiveness as an educator— but as research shows, also some intermediate outcomes associated with improved health, including trust, mutual understanding, and self-efficacy. Again, links in the show notes. You and I are both trying to reach people through language. Part of my job, as I see it, is to get you thinking in slightly different ways about your own practice including some things you might take for granted about language. This is so that you can begin to see opportunities and possibilities that maybe you hadn't noticed before in order to make the impact you seek. If this approach sounds good to you, reach out to me at healthcommunicationpartners.com for more information, because I'd love to help. This has been 10 Minutes to Better Patient Communication, and I'm Dr. Anne-Marie Lebel.